The words of greeting for many years in the tradition of the church are simple. Christ has risen. He has. He's done it again. Here we are, right? All these years. And again, we're still celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's a tradition in the church. And it was actually a daily greeting they often used in the church as well when they would run into one another. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. It is something we need to remember. You would think it would not be necessary for us to refresh our minds, but indeed it is. In fact, we live in a world today that has known the story of Jesus for so long, has heard it said, acted out, dramatized, written. They've done all the things they could do in this world, and some not in this world at times, I think, to make it clear that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And yet still many people who bear the name of Christ walk about in the, in the world and intermingle with others in life, and they talk as if the message was either not real or it was not understood. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about people who will look at some wretched example of humanity, someone who's down on their luck, someone who hasn't had a job in so long, they don't know what it's like not to be hungry. And somebody looks at them lying in a dark corner in an alley and says, you know, that guy ought to get a job. And then they get up and they go to church next Sunday. I'm talking about people who will hear the story on TV of some atrocity that's been committed against some human or perhaps humans. And they will say, that person, that person needs to die. I'm talking about that person. I'm talking about Christians who in their daily living sometimes forget that Jesus died on that cross that many refer to as a cross of shame with a purpose and that purpose was to give hope to every breathing human every breathing human he didn't just die for you he didn't just die for me he died for every breathing human he died so the church might bravely courageously consistently and continually proclaim a clear and crystal clear message that Christ has arisen from the dead and there is hope for every human being. When the churches are struggling in this world, one of the reasons they're usually struggling is because they have failed to be the institution that God created them to be. They have failed to pass on the hope that they have claimed for themselves. They have gotten careless. They have grown accustomed to the idea of having hope and it's coming, becoming so accustomed with the idea they just kind of assumed that it was especially for them and for the people inside the church. But then I hear people who are in the church say things that make me cringe. Because, you see, they have given up on somebody else. Don't give up on my granddaughter now. She's just giving, about to give an amen. She's alive. Don't give up hope struggling you're looking at that person that you share a house with and you're wondering who is that person that doesn't look anything at all like a person i married and you're thinking man i don't think i can do this deal man we've been married three months i can't go another month <laughs> remember
or if some person wakes up not in their home. They wake up somewhere they don't even know how they got there, and then they stand up and they can't really gain their balance, and then they remember the night before. And in despair, they just sink back down to the floor, and they say, why did I ever begin to put those substances into my body? Now I'm trapped. And then one of their loved ones who's a Christian calls and says, where are you? You didn't come home last night. Well, I'm here in this place, and tells them the address. And the person on the other end of the line says, what happened? And the loved one says, I did it again. And the loved one who has been hanging with them for so long has run out of out of hope for their life. And they don't even know what to say. You don't come to church. church to pray. They ask the church to have hope that they don't even have anymore. They've given up on that loved one because they think there is no hope. They think drugs are so powerful that they can have the last word. And then there's that person that never saw a good thing in anybody but when they got ready to go out of the house in the morning they looked in the mirror. And they said, oh, look, Jesus, what a great creation you made. But you know, everybody in our family, not so much. Just me and you, Jesus, we got this thing going. There's so many sinners out there. I'm so glad I love you and you love me. You know that person? Oh, they wouldn't say it quite that clearly, probably. And then there's that person who was drugged to church, you know, the kind. Grew up in a Christian home and they were drugged to church every time the doors were open and you know, they, they heard a lot of things, and they didn't hear a lot of things they needed to hear, and they got a really bad feeling about church, and in the midst of that, they got a really bad feeling about God, and then they went outside, when they got old enough, they said, I am never going back to church again. You may have wandered in this morning by mistake, thinking church had changed. Well, still got a cross. This was not the same as every cross you see every week. I, I would like to say we did that every Sunday, but no, not so much, but we do love to do it once a year. To remind ourselves of how beautiful is that cross and what it means. It means there is hope. And if you've been away from the church for a long time, it doesn't mean you have to stay away. And you say, well, why should I have hope? So many Christians are so not right. And you know what? You're right. So many Christians are just human. They do make mistakes. They don't always live up to the fullness of their faith. They are human. They're sinful. They need a cross because that's where they find their hope. Every time that they fall down, they can get back up again because they have hope. You see, Easter is about the proclamation where God declared from the cross where his son was dying, there is hope for everyone. And please don't ever forget it. And yet we struggle to do so. If we could just remember Easter was every Sunday. You know, every Sunday is supposed to be a little Easter. Do you always get this excited, by the way, when you come to sing on Sunday morning? Because every Sunday is Easter, right? 
They're just little Easter's. This is big Easter. Little Easter, big Easter. But every Sunday's Easter. Well, you know, I actually, I've only been coming here now about, what, 10 months now? Nine, 10 months. And I can tell you, you get me excited every week. You make Easter real because you sing like you believe it. Now, if you don't believe it, please don't tell me. I don't want to know that. <laughs> and if you don't really believe what you're playing, I don't want to know that either. I just want to keep believing that Easter is stirring your bones because I need to have hope. I don't want to live in a world that doesn't have hope. And I don't want to be part of any church or the church that lives in one person who's trying to be a Christian without hope because it never works. And it's so depressing to see what should be the strongest people in the world limping along in life. But without hope, we don't have much motivation to change the world. How much time do I have left? Not much. Reminds me of a story when I start thinking about hope and memory and motivation. I don't know what motivates you. Things motivate different people in different ways. But I do believe that the cross of Easter can be a very motivating factor for our lives. There's a story about a young man who was working, living out of an apartment by himself. And, you know, he's barely making ends meet. He had to walk to work. And it was a pretty long walk to get there. And as usual, the young man was running late one night. And he decided to take a shortcut, so he cut to the cemetery. There was a cemetery between his apartment and where he worked. It just saved him about 10 minutes, so he took it. And he got in the habit of doing that. You know, as young men will do, it's kind of a bad habit, but he did it anyway. Well, one night he was making that trick. He was hurrying along because he was running late. And he took a big step right in the middle of the cemetery. And there was only air there, and he fell right down into an open grave. And he hit the bottom with a thud. He thought, oh, my goodness, what happened? And he came awake, and he kind of looked in there, and he said, i got to get out here. I'm going to be late for work. And so then he tried to crawl up one side, and he couldn't dig his feet into the ground. He just couldn't get a hole. He couldn't get up. So he tried to jump up and catch the top edge. He couldn't do it. He just kept jumping and jumping. Finally, he was getting exhausted. And he hollered, is anybody out there? Yeah, like there's people roaming around in the cemetery all the time in the middle of the night, right? Nobody was there. So he slumped back down the corner. And he just fell asleep. Well, as fate would have it, there was another young man who also lived on the other side of the cemetery. And he, too, cut through, trying to get to his work. And same trail, same fate, fell into the grave. He reached in there. This guy was panicked. He probably had been late before. He knew if he was late again, he was going to get fired. So he was just jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. And then the guy at the other end, he woke up. And he heard him say, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. And he said, you can't get out of here. But he did. <laughs> that word from the other end of the grave motivated him to jump all the way out of that grave. He caught the top and he crawled out of there. You know, with the proper motivation, we can do almost anything. Almost anything. But unmotivated, unmotivated, we can't do much of anything. You ever known people who are unmotivated? You, you know, if you're a teacher and you teach in the school system, you run across students every now and then, they are totally unmotivated. You know, teachers spend their lives trying to figure out how to motivate kids. It's a hard job. Many kids just refuse to be motivated. They can't think of a re any good reason to learn all those silly numbers in that math book. They just can't, they, they can't figure it out. So they try and they try and they try. They need motivation. They're not the only ones that need motivation. I believe Christians need motivation. For me personally, I need motivating because, you know, 
as one teacher told me once upon a time, and we won't talk about the whole discussion, uh, she actually said she liked me, and that was a shock to me because I really didn't care that much for her, truth be known. And she said, I like you because you're an earthy person. And I looked at her across the room, and she was one of these psychological kind of persons, you know, and I said, I'm not sure what earthy means, but uh, I'm not, I'll take your word at it. It's a good thing. So at that point, you know, I realized that people don't always say to you exactly what they're trying to say, but if it feels like they're trying to encourage you, it's probably a good thing. And you know, I need encouragement from God. I need to celebrate Easter. I need to look in the mirror regularly and say, Christ is risen. And then I need to look deeper and say, Christ is risen indeed. I need to be motivated to remember that because that changes things. That changes the world in which you live. When you believe, when you believe and you really have a confidence that Christ is risen from the dead, then you are motivated to believe the scripture that says, Nothing is impossible for God. But you know, we live in a world where nothing is hardly possible for God anymore. We're so wise. You know, I never knew people could be so smart as they've gotten to be lately. I mean, they can Google almost anything and sound like a genius, you know. Give them 10 minutes, and everybody under the age of 35 can answer any question you've got. They just jumble Google, and Google spits it out. You know, by the way, Google's undertaken a new task, came out in Newsweek magazine here a while back. They're going to figure out how to abolish death. I think that's funny. But anyway, that's just me. You know, they're really going to work hard at, at making life longer. They're going to extend it out there because, after all, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who are terrified of dying. They don't know that they're, they don't have to die at all. You may not know that. But, you know, you already heard me explain it to the little children, right? Well, just believe it. I'm not dying. You can die if you want to. It's a bad idea. But go ahead. If you want to die, just die. I'm not going to. As I told the children, and you say, you keep telling us, I'm trying to convince you. I'm going to keep telling you to believe it. So when you go to a funeral, you can start smiling in the midst of your tears. Say, I'm going to miss them. Don't say, I'm sorry they died, because they haven't died. They've moved. They have a new address. They don't need that thing lying in that box any longer, because they got a better one now. And it'll live forever to go along with their spirit that never died. It just changed addresses. That's what that cross is about. If you don't get hopeful thinking about that, then you're not admitted to your humanity. Everybody gets a little timid in the face of physical death. Now, they tell me as you get old, old enough that that doesn't bother you anymore. I'm obviously not that old. <laughs> but I'm getting closer. You see, it's not just the dying physically that need you to have that hope. It's your next-door neighbor who believes that the government will never get it right, who believes that there will always be killings in army bases and between nations. There are people who never believe that will end. There are people who believe that there's always going to be hate in the world. They don't have any hope that it will ever be abolished. They believe that that worthless third cousin down the road, you know, is never going to amount to anything. And they don't believe that unbelieving person they've been witnessing to for 10 years is ever going to believe. How about you? Are you one of those Christians who's lost a little bit of grip on hope? Do you despair when you look at your world? Or do you smile and hunker down with God and know that there is hope for those who believe in Christ? That God can do the impossible. That God can defeat addictions. 
that God can change personalities, that God can save what appears to be an unsavable situation, that God can keep marriages together, that God can make churches that were seemingly just sitting still and dying burst alive with new life, that God is the author of life. God is. And the world is dying for Christians to smile in the face of struggle. They're dying to see Christians witness to a different approach to death, to a different approach to struggles in marriages, to a different approach in raising your teenagers, to a different approach in struggling with your next-door neighbors. They are dying to see a world that wants to believe. What a waste. Give up on a human? Where's the smallest child I can carry? Man, y'all too big. I'm getting too old. I can't carry you. You got a little girl in your lap there, though. She looks awful pretty. Tell me you're going to give up on that little thing? Tell me when they get so old or so big, you just say, I'm too, too late now. I can't help that person. Done with them. Wash my hands of them. What a waste. What a non-Christian thing to do. Don't give up and don't give out. Just remember Christ is risen. Recite it to yourself. If you need to say it every day, it's okay. I know the world's tough. I know the world's a struggle. I know sometimes I look at somebody and I am tempted to think and sometimes it crosses my mind. Lord, you think they might could go down to the Baptist church and ask for help? I'm kind of, my help meter's kind of running low today. Thanks goodness so far I've not said that or given in to that struggle. I don't believe that anybody's beyond hope that doesn't need hope. And I don't believe that there is any reason in this world for a Christian to give up on anybody unless they've given up on God. It's a pretty cross. It was beautiful when my Lord hung on it because the blood that dripped from his body was so that I might always have. there for everybody but if we don't tell them many people are never going to see it in the church what a shame that would be we need to go home Easter's not over but it's not over for this preacher so I don't know where you are today I don't know how you came with what kind of mindset you had I don't know if you were just coming to drop in and go to church for once a year and kind of come back next year see if we're still talking about the guy who hung on the cross if so we'll be right here next year most of us, some of us won't be here. We won't have died. We'll just have disappeared because our body will just decay. But if you're here today and you're looking for a Christ or a Savior, we know who that person is. And that person is here. And that person will whisper in your ear. If you just let him, I love you. And I can redeem your life. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how many struggles you've had. I don't care how many bruises or scars are on your body. I can make you new if you only will believe and only will to find Christ again. You've known him in the past and you're a child of his, but you're just trying to make it on your own. You don't have to do that. There are people here every day help, trying to help me find my way around. I love them all. And usually I'm lost. And they're pointing me in the right direction time after time. And they'll do the same for you. They'll love you. You'll just give them a chance. Will you give Christ a chance today? Will you 
exercise just a little bit of faith so that Christ can pour out a boatload of hope into your heart. If you need to respond in any way, Christ our Savior, we invite you.